San Antonio Sports Star Audio Vault is brought to you by AA Best Bail Bonds, 225-2121, or online at mybestbailbonds.com. It is the Blitz here on San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN, AM 1250, 103.3 FM. I'm Jason Minix. He is Joe Let's talk some Cowboys, our good friend. R.J. Ochoa from blogintheboys.com. It's been a while, R.J., since we've had you on. Yeah, it has. It's great to be with you, Joe. Uh, just a normal occasion to be with you, Jason. Uh, so <laughs> nice to see um, that, that the better half of the studio is nice and full. Um, you guys look sharp. Uh, Jason, in your classic Tommy Bahama Super Bowl has it. That's the, <laughs> what, 900th one to make it into your closet? Yeah, uh, yeah you know, my, my shopping is uh, pretty predictable. Although, to be fair, had you made the trip to Los Angeles, you would have the same half zip in your closet. I will say, I don't, if I'm being like actually real, I don't like how the top is so flat. I like the Nike ones, how the collar kind of, you know, pops a little bit. Like, I wanted to keep my neck warm. Like, well, I, I, I could do that if I wanted, but, you know. I like how you guys talk fashion. This is great. Uh, dude, that, that, that's what we're all about. I mean, you know. That, well, let me tell you Everybody something. thinks RJ knows about the Cowboys. No, man. You want you want fashion tips? RJ Ochoa dresses me on a daily. He sends me a text of what blue shirt I should wear, well, especially me, on Mondays during the Cowboys season. <laughs> well, let me tell you something, RJ. That particular one, he got it in L.A., obviously, and he's worn it five times already. How, when was the Super Bowl? Like two weeks ago? I, I can't remember, yeah. but he, he wears it every day. I'm not sure he washes the Joe, thing. Joe lies. That, that's strange because he's got like 100 Super Bowl ones, 100 Army-Navy ones. Um, you know, so you would think if there was some sort of standard rotation a la Jason Garrett, the previous Cowboys head coach, that, you know, like we wouldn't see this one until mid-May or something like that. Now he wears this because, you know, he likes to impress people. You know, the Super Bowl's still mm-hmm. fresh in everybody's mind. It's like... Hey, look at me. I went to the Super Bowl. You see what I'm saying? So there, there you Were you go. not wearing your Super Bowl shirt just, uh, what, Friday? I don't know, yeah. what, you, I don't yeah. know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> that, that's what it, what it boils down to. I, I do have probably about 12 of them. Yeah. You I know, know, 13 Ragger. of them. Yeah. Hey, yeah. bragging again. Exactly. You know what I don't have is a uh, combine half set. No. I, I don't. One do you, day. Do one you day. Want not really. No. I mean, when they moved the combine out of Indianapolis, because that's not a place I want to go to in February because it's cold, uh, then, then maybe we'll take the show on the road like when they move it to Jerry the World. Star. yeah, but we'll, we'll, we'll do it there. But Mike McCarthy was at the combine today, RJ, and, and, and it's interesting, you know, as we hit March, the comments that we're now hearing from Stephen Jones, the comments that we heard today from Mike McCarthy, and we'll get into them, what the one the one part of what Steven said yesterday is they're not going to copy the Rams formula of trying to go all in, as if their philosophy of uh, cheap free agent talent and growing from within has produced a lot of Super Bowls. So they're but they're going to continue with that same philosophy. Well, so first of all, just very quickly, lastly on the subject of fashion, I don't know if you noticed, but <laughs> of, all the, of all the paraphernalia Mike McCarthy wore today, none of it was Dallas Cowboys related. There's some people kind of reading into that like hey whoa what kind of message are you trying to send here um but um yeah steven jones i don't care what he's wearing his, his clear glasses bother me like i'm at that point with steven where i'm so annoyed with everything he says i i do think that there's a misconception about the rams like they've been painted as this like they bought a team super team whatever they have one of the largest ratios of drafted players on their team relative to outside people that they brought in they just make the right choices 
Um, obviously, and they've had headlining positions like Matthew Stafford and Von Miller and other Beckham Jr. Um, that they brought in. And I don't know why Steven is opposed to that. I mean, and you can, you can, and you know this, you know, both of you, that you, you can look at any Stephen Jones quote at the Combine, you know, the afternoon before he goes to St. Elmo's, it's the same. Yeah, we're, we're all about value for agents. We don't want to, you know, do anything. There's, there's only so much pie. Uh, everybody has a piece. Everybody has a slice. And so, I mean, I, they, they are not fully aligned. There's, there's logic to not restructuring everybody and creating tons of salary cap space. You don't want to restructure Zeke, for example, and, and tie yourself to him uh, beyond this season. A, another genius move of Stephen Jones, I, I would add. But, I mean, there are moves to be made if you want to be a player, if you believe that you are this close the way that they believe they are. They haven't made any changes to their team whatsoever, despite how Jerry Jones huffed and puffed and blew down the straw or the house of straw. There's, there's <laughs> nothing happening to the Cowboys. In fact, they're only going to deteriorate from a roster perspective by potentially trying to create salary cap space if they move on from certain players. Yeah, like Amari Cooper, for one. I mean, that's the guy that everybody's talking about. Or Demarcus Lawrence. And I don't know, RJ, I don't see them being able to keep both of those guys, or maybe they can, but they're just not going to. I think one of those guys is out. I think you're right. I think they're both out. And I think that, you know, that's that's a really scary thing to consider, given that Michael Gallup's probably not coming back and that Randy Gregory's probably not coming back. So not only are you losing your best players at those positions, but you're also losing secondary players at those positions. I know, you know, a lot of people are high on Randy Gregory, but it's, it's it would be unwise, I think. I, I don't know how um, how the Cowboys can feel like uh, a team of who they are voiding, you know, Amari and, and Demarcus Lawrence's presence is, is somehow worth competing. Like, yeah, maybe you can win the NFC East, but but even with this team, you know, you still weren't enough. You weren't enough, you know, defensively to beat Jimmy Garoppolo's 49ers. I mean, it's <laughs> it's a really backwards way of thinking, but it's part of the Stephen Jones cycle. I mean, it's important to remember that that both of these players won in you know, negotiations against Stephen Jones. Both of these players got market-setting deals from Stephen Jones because he waited until the 11th hour to pay them. And that's the Stephen Jones way. The next step in the cycle is to complain about how there's only so much salary cap space, then to make these moves, and then to have these value-free agent signings that don't really have that large of an impact to get new talent like your Micah Parsons. Someday, Micah will be eligible for his contract extension. He'll get it, and then he'll be Demarcus Lawrence in about five years. Wow. That is RJ Ochoa, rinse, wash, no Super Bowl, repeat. I mean, that, that's, <laughs> that's kind of the Stephen Jones way is uh, RJ Ochoa joins us from bloggingtheboys.com. And, you know, they're there at the combine. Obviously, Mel Kuyper's got another mock draft out today. And so far, because of the free agency uh, of Randy Gregory and what you end up doing with Demarcus Lawrence if he gets cut, seems like every mock draft has the Cowboys going with an edge rusher. Are you comfortable with that, or ultimately do you think when the Cowboys start making some roster moves, we'll have a better idea of what they will be drafting? Yeah, I mean, obviously it's, it's difficult to mock situations right now because things are going to happen and trades are going to happen and, you know, quarterbacks are, are going to be, you know, gone after by certain teams and that's going to shuffle the order a little bit. But, I mean, I I don't have a favorite mock in terms of a simulation, but I, the one I sleep the best with is, is Nicobe Dean, the linebacker out of Georgia, who also won the or won this year's collegiate Dick Butkus Award. Micah won the uh, the professional Dick Butkus Award, and I mean I'm not a fan of moving on from Demarcus Lawrence, but if you do, 
And if you don't re-sign Randy Gregory, you better be playing Micah Parsons at edge the entire time. You, you have that option. And so if you're going to do that, then you've created a hole, that linebacker. So if Nicobe Dean falls to you and you want to do that, then, you know, do I feel great? No, but at least you have some sort of answer. Because if you move Micah, you have nothing at linebacker right now, especially given that another Stephen Jones specialty and Leighton Vanderish is going to hit the free, the free agency market this season. Um, and so it's tough. But you're, you're, you might get legitimate impact from Nicobe Dean in year one. You're not getting any edge rush impact from any of these rookies, no matter what, in year one, the way you got from Micah last year. Yeah, you're exactly right. And that's not their only problem. And, and you know, Jason and I have been talking about this, RJ. It's, it's the fact that the Cowboys' window was wide open this last year. And it closed pretty quickly heading into this year. Because you're talking about a lot of holes to fill. You've got to fill some holes on that offensive line. If you lose a guy like Amari Cooper, you, you've got a problem there because who's going to replace him? I mean, there's going to be some true question marks for this Dallas Cowboys team heading into this uh, into this year. Yeah, I mean, you know, you, you look at it and, you know, there, I, I don't know that their window was necessarily opened by their own time, but think about how, like, how bad the Giants in, in Washington have been. Like, and they, they haven't been just, like, bad. They have been historically bad. They, I mean, you've had those four wins a year. I mean, how many, you know, people love to complain about how Tom Brady and the Patriots for all those years had a really weak, you know, division to kind of trot through. The Cowboys have had that for, for the better part of a decade. Um, and, and so it's really unfortunate they haven't capitalized on it. What's more is, yeah, I mentioned Micah. They got 13 sacks. I don't care who – it's unlikely that you can count on any player except for the T.J. Watts of the world getting 13 sacks. You got 11 interceptions from Trayvon Diggs. Those things will regress to the mean. That isn't not believing in them. That's just the way life goes. And so you're not going to have those star-studded performances, so you're going to regress, and you're not going to be as good in certain ways next year, which is troubling. RJ Ochoa from bloggingtheboys.com joining us here on The Blitz as we look into the crystal ball and try to predict the future. You mentioned likely Michael Gallup doesn't come back, although I could see him on a one-year deal because of the injury and the timing of the injury, but it's going to depend on what somebody on the open market is willing to give him. But uh, assuming Gallup doesn't come back, they let Amari Cooper go. Is C.D. Lamb ready to be a number one, and can Cedric Wilson be a number two? I think the answer to both those questions is no. I mean, you know, and, and that could certainly change, and that's really disappointing. You know, we, we, we sat here for almost two years and, and laughed at the rest of the NFL for letting C.D. Lamb fall to 17 overall. Oh, my gosh, blah, blah. You know, a year ago, I know I got in a lot of arguments with people online, with people like Brandon Medina, um, talking about how CD was definitely better than Justin Jefferson. He just didn't have a, a quarterback for all of his rookie season. There's no question that, that Justin Jefferson is an elite receiver and that CD's not. I mean, this, you know, y'all were there. I mean, CD at training camp was balling. He was the dude. This was supposed to be the year he became the alpha. And he had opportunities. Am Amari opened that window for him when he missed you know, time due to COVID. And CD had a chance to really cement himself as that guy, and he just hasn't. I mean, and some of that's usage. Um, I think CD could, could obviously have more success out of the slot on a more regular basis, and, and the Cowboys aren't necessarily using him like that. But at the end of the day, I mean, CD, you know, caught the game winner in New England and then kind of disappeared. He caught two touchdowns on, was it, I think November 11th against the Falcons. He did not catch a single touchdown after that. Think about that. Like, he did not catch a single touchdown after Thanksgiving, from Thanksgiving on. That's crazy. He's supposed to be one of the best receiving weapons on your team. That just doesn't make sense. Yeah, but RJ, everybody over here that's big Cowboy fans, 
They all blame the offensive coordinator for that. That's his fault. I mean, well, you know what, Joe? I got a lot of blame. I, I can give a big old helping of blame to Colin. I can give a big old helping to Dak. I can give a big old helping to CD. That's like everybody. What about that offensive that? line? They get their share of blame. You know what's weird is, they, <laughs> I mean, like, I'm, I'm with you. Like, they suck. Like, that's, that's like what my vibe says, like watching everything. You know, Pro Football Focus, who I trust, and, like, they, they have, you know, people have qualms with CFF, whatever, but they're the Cowboys offensive line is the second best overall group in the NFL. And so, like, I don't know that I believe that, but, but there's some sort of measurement that at least suggests that. And so, like, to me, it's like, well, maybe they're not as bad as I think. Like, maybe they're, 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 they were bad relative to expectations or something, but, you know, maybe they weren't as, as – maybe they truly weren't that bad. You're right. Like, they get a helping of it. But I, I think, you know, you're, you're supposed to have all these stars. You're supposed to have all these guys. They're supposed to elevate you and carry you and, and score all these touchdowns and whatever. One of their offensive linemen did score a touchdown at the very least. But, I mean, <laughs> that's, I think the, the biggest failure falls on, on McCarthy, on Kellen, on Dak, on CD, on Amari. On, I, and I actually don't even blame Zeke anymore. Like, what's Zeke supposed to do? Like, Zeke is a shell of himself, and they're trotting him out there like a mascot. I mean, so – I, I, he's the only person who I, I don't blame because, I mean, he's just, he's just doing what he's told to do. Well, and, and again, I, I, I look at Zeke, no holes to run through. Uh, I go back to the offensive line. I don't know if you're reading the uh, pro football focus backwards forward and they ended up at, at number two. Maybe individually they grayed out well, but as a collective group, they didn't work together. And, you know, what I heard from Mike McCarthy today on the podium he spent a lot of time talking about penalties, and that that goes back to the offensive line. The so too many third down conversions that were converted wiped away because of penalties. Drive stalled out because of penalties. Going back to that offensive line. Yeah, and I I agree with that. Like I'm I'm not going to say that wasn't the case. That wasn't true. But where I am worried is Mike McCarthy has spoken twice since the season ended, obviously today and, and previously on the Rich Eisen show when, when he took a, a torch to, to Jerry Jones. And even in his post-game press conference following the loss to San Francisco, the only word that he has said every single time is penalties. And that makes sense, right? Like they were a super penalized team. But I worry that McCarthy has just like owned in on that. Like, you know, like, I mean, you both play golf. Joe, I'm not sure. I've never been on the course with you, Joe, but Jason doesn't do it well. But, you know, you ever, you're, you're, you're playing and you're like, I just got to do this one thing. I just, I just got to keep my head down. And then you just focus on that, on that, on that, but you let everything else go. And I worry that McCarthy is doing that, that he's like, all we got to do is fix the penalties. And then we're good. Like, we'll just do everything else the same. And, and that's where so many NFL teams fail. People think like, oh, they'll be back next year in the wild card round. No, you have to climb the mountain all over again. That's why so many teams fail to get back to the Super Bowl. And so I, I just really worry that he's going to like, in my head, I see them like him giving like pop quizzes, like, you know, what, how, about penalties and like, we're not going to be penalized next year, but they'll fail in other ways if they're not careful. Well, the problem is, RJ, when you're getting beat on that line, sometimes you have no choice but to hold or your quarterback gets killed. And so I think a lot of that was going on as well. It wasn't just, oops, I held and, and I didn't have to. So I, I, I just want to thank you. This is the first time since I've been on the show that you've been here. It's nice to have a guy that covers the Cowboys on a regular basis who actually speaks the truth. I have to sit across from a guy who, who takes Dak Prescott in a rocking chair, puts a pacifier in his mouth, and says everything is everybody else's fault. So thank you, RJ. 
You know, to be fair, Joe, I would have walked over hot coals for Dak Prescott up until a few months ago. But but a lot of a lot of Cowboys, including Dak and, and McCarthy, I mean, really really lost me in a lot of ways and have to earn my trust back by. And there's McCarthy's still doing it to a degree even today by blaming officials and and blaming penalties. That's a real lack of accountability. There, there's still a real lack of saying, you know what, we suck. Like we're not the ones that you know are living up to what's happening here. How many times has McCarthy blamed officials this year? Like, oh, yeah, we're, we're, we're up against the rest and everything like that. I mean, I, I really am, am troubled. This is the most apathetic I've been about a Cowboys team in a long time. Um, so, I don't know. Maybe, you know, if baseball comes back, maybe I'll be in a better mood. But yeah, I, 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 I doubt that. But don't don't be making fun of my quarterback. Dude had some surgery, You see what man. I'm saying? I mean, he's, he's, he was playing hurt, Joe. Yeah, you see what I mean? Go rock him to sleep, Jason. Uh-huh. Put a pacifier in his mouth. And tell him it's going to be okay. I will. I, I will. If, if that if that's what is required, we'll talk about that off-season surgery coming up. RJ Ocho, we spent so much time on fashion, we don't get to talk shoulder surgeries, man. But uh, but you're looking good. And, and on this this particular half sip, I have worn it twice since the Super Bowl. Might be the best one we've ever gotten because it's really thin. You know, like the one in Miami, thick. You can only wear it on really cold days. This one is Why very thin. And. It looks like you have the sleeves rolled up. So you want something, presumably, to keep you warm, but you want it to be thin, and you want to roll the sleeves up. I don't want it to be too that? hot because, you know, the weather right now, it's kind of cold in the morning, and, and then it kind of warms up in the day, and then when we leave out of here, it's still dark, and, and, and it's kind of cold, and I'm going somewhere tonight where I think I'm going to be outdoors, so I had to dress do appropriately. You, um, do you ever have those pants, Jason, that zipped off into shorts? I could see you being that guy. <laughs> yeah. I didn't even know those were a thing. And don't lie, you've got, you've got three pairs. I, I had a red I, pair. Dude, I I don't even know what you're talking about, but I'm sure you do because you know you live on a golf course and you have to do that. Golfers do that. Yeah, yeah. yeah that that that's a total country club kind of vibe. <laughs> RJ, always appreciate it, man. Just caught it later. Follow him on Twitter, RJ Ochoa at RJ Ochoa. Read them at bloggingtheboys.com.